This is the Circle City News with Madison. And Mark, and I would like to take a quick shout out to our sponsor, Law Office of Mark Nicholson. He fights against the travesty of justice and he has made this podcast possible today. Today is Saturday, November 13th. Can you believe it? We're almost halfway through November and this is the Circle City News with Mark Nicholson and... Hi, my name is Madison, and awesome. we have Joe Caprero with us today. Hey, Joe, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you both for having me. I'm I'm honored to be your first guest on the show. Absolutely. Yes. We're first honored to guest. have you on here. So we usually start off with a little bit of Circle City news since I am in Indianapolis, um, and I found about three topics to talk about. One is... Indianapolis, since both of you are not from here, has all these little townships. And one of them is Pike Township. And in Pike Township, uh, the community, they're rallied for higher wages for the teachers. And I'm a big believer that teachers are underpaid and they should get more wages because everybody needs a teacher in their life. And um, so I'm glad that the teachers were, were out there you know, and the people in the community were out there supporting for teachers to get higher wages. I'm glad Indianapolis is doing something about that because I feel like everywhere um, teachers are going through the same thing, but with very little government support um, on their wage strike endeavor. My mom's a um, a PE teacher as well. Um, And the way that Florida education system is set up is so ridiculous that they have these issues reoccur every year so it's great that they're standing up and we can look at it from a a national standpoint and say we need to do things more like that everywhere so that's awesome congratulations indiana that's very good yeah as i was saying before we started my whole family is in education so i'm again like you both fully in support of of teachers advocating for themselves for more money it's uh it's a very valuable job and a very thankless one Yes, I, I totally, I totally agree. And then what they had to go through during the pandemic last year, trying to teach and, you know, vaccinate, not vaccinated in, in class, out of class online, totally a, a difficult situation that no one could, you know, really predict that. Yeah, absolutely. I know kids with the masks and everything getting thrown on the floor and trying to crowd control the kids from room to room, making sure there's no cross-contamination and stuff like that. My mom was going through that this year too. It was a mess. <laughs> Absolutely. Another issue that is going on in Indiana is the all these different faith organizations have petitioned the governor about climate change. And they want the governor to put together a committee to study this issue and basically to declare it some kind of like a crisis, uh, that this is a significant threat um, to Indiana and establish this, this task force to study it. I personally don't know why there would be any objection to studying the weather or climate change, global warming, whatever you wanna call it, because the planet, and this is all my personal belief, is a living type breathing organism and you have to take care of it just like you have to take care of your grass or 
a plant or anything like that. And if you don't properly take care of a plant, and I know this from firsthand experience, that plant's going to die on you. And I've been through a lot of plants, even cactus. <laughs> you know, I thought, well, I got a cactus. And, like, you know, I don't have to really do anything. And then the cactus <laughs> dies. So I just think that people that would want to push back against studying, you know, the effects of the weather and, you know, I mean, who doesn't sit back and listen to the weatherman and get upset when they're wrong? You know, oh, it rained today and we were going to have a picnic and the weatherman. So, I mean, that's my take on it. Oh, what do you absolutely. Think? Absolutely. Um, what do you think, Madison? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I think that's awesome that they have a variety of faith organizations working together. I think that's fantastic. That's kind of the big picture point is that we all work together. This So them fighting for not just their belief systems, but for the world itself, that's a win-win-win right there. Right, because usually we think of faith-based organizations as coming from the right, generally, and hmm. climate change is generally a, a concern of the left. So it is, you know, we, we say this all the time that most most of us are in common in the way we feel about a lot of the major issues that face us, but the external forces want to make us seem like we're far away. And I think this is a pretty good illustration of how we're all just sort of concerned with the overall welfare of the human race, first yeah. and foremost. And that's yeah, beautifully a, said, absolutely. Yeah. And the last story I have about Indianapolis is there's an Indianapolis firefighter named Gerald Brooks. Um, he had a service uh, this on November the 12th, just yesterday, he was a firefighter and he was known as the Michael Jordan of uh, firefighters, uh, but he died from complications of COVID, kind of like what we're talking about with the teachers and facing the pandemic and having to work through that. He was also an active member of the U.S. Air Force. He ran into a, like a burning building, pitch black uh, with smoke and uh, led his teammates into this building. Carpet was melting. It was really, really um, hot, dangerous situation. Um, obviously, he's made it through that, but, you know, later succumbed to COVID-19. And I just think that sometimes we don't give enough credit, at least me, you know, don't give enough credit to the firefighters that they're always seem their job base is always putting their life at risk and then sometimes they succumb to things that's not even related to the work that they do like you think oh he's a firefighter and you know he you know died in a you know burning building or something like that or fell off a ladder and here it is you know he dies of something that's not even related to covid and a relatively young man at, at that and also served the country in the air force well, so Wow, what an incredible story, though, from start to finish. I would also like to throw a shout out to uh, Veterans Day from yesterday. Yeah. Happy Veterans Day to all and to the firefighter that served our country. Thank you for your service. That was actually November the 11th was uh, Thursday was Veterans oh. Day. Oh, man, uh, yeah. But, um, you know, I know time flies. And as far as I'm concerned, Veterans Day should be every day. Guys, I am a veteran. I served in the United oh, States Army and a military combat veteran. So... Uh, yeah, so uh, people at my uh, firm asked if they could get the day off. And I'm like, if you're a veteran, you can get the day off with pay. And, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm the only veteran in the office. But uh, 
Oh, well, wow. sh- shouldn't he, shouldn't he be the uh, the Reggie Miller of of firefighters if he's in Indianapolis? Isn't that you know, you would, know would Michael Jordan be an insult? Yeah, you know that's funny you mentioned that because when you said that earlier, I, I thought that is a good point. I, all the times Michael Jordan prevented Indiana from going uh, to the uh, championship, he should really be the Reggie Miller, or also you said the Larry Bird which, sure, uh, yeah. of that. But uh, I, I think that the battle that I remember in my youth of Michael Jordan and Reggie Miller. I mean, there was just some fantastic games, you know, and Michael uh, just was, seems like he, he prevented a lot of players from, from achieving their dreams. <laughs> yeah. And like, as we were talking about earlier, I was a Nick fan. So yeah, Patrick Ewing, same thing got denied along with Reggie Miller all those years. My, my dog, sorry, my dog is stampeding up and down the hallway. I hope he's not making too much noise. Oh, we, I couldn't even hear him. So, okay, good. I think he's done. I think he got out of the system. (laughs) Awesome. Now I don't want to uh, have the listeners and watchers waiting anymore. I would like Madison to go ahead and do this interview with Joe. So people can find out who's this Joe. Is he, uh, (laughs) is he a co-host or is he, I guess, been a trip try host or something. (laughs) Absolutely. Joe, it's awesome to have you here all the way from Portland. Yes. Yes, wow. rainy, rainy, dreary. It's our winter, wintry Portland. So, oh, how how's that going out there? How's the the morale in Portland today? I well, it's been pretty crummy over the last year and a half. I think kind of like everywhere else, but um, it's been it. This all sort of started a little earlier than it usually did, so I think it caught everybody by surprise. Usually, it's just starting to get this dreary now. It's been this way for weeks, so I think everybody's a little extra crabby, which is oh. you know, it's it's fine for me. I never leave the house. There you go. So, uh, Joe, tell us a little bit about your background, what you've worked worked on in your bio. You said you worked in TV, radio, print, and podcasting. What were those experiences like? Well, I started out in IT, and after not too long of that, realized that you know, working with mortgage companies under fluorescent lights and gray cubicles wasn't really for me. So, I went back to school as a late thirty-year-old, let's say. Uh, which was a unique experience in itself. But when I did that, I figured go, go back for something that you want, that you actually want to do. Don't, you know, sort of was trying to fit with my previous experiences. No, that's not, that's not why you're doing this. So I went to UMass and got a, a degree in broadcast journalism there and did a lot of radio stuff and did, you know, sports play by play, which is a lot of fun for me. I grew up as an athlete and a coach. And so I had a lot of fun connecting those two things. And then, when I was done there, I was a much better student at 39 than I was at 19. Um, spent much more time on my schoolwork and much less time drinking. That was a big part of it. And um, okay. so I ended up going right to grad school at Texas. And um, there did more like photography stuff, which was really cool to cover, again, Texas athletics as a photographer, to, you know, be on the sidelines for all those football, football and basketball games it was a lot of fun. Oh, and um from there, went on to Idaho and worked at a TV station, actually, for one of my professors. One of the professors I TA'd for at Texas bought this TV station. And two months before I graduated, he said, hey, you want to move to Idaho and run this TV station for me? So I did that for a few years. He sold the station to a, an outfit from Fresno. So after a year of working for them and converting everything over, the option was move to Fresno or do something else. So I decided to do something else. So I came out to Portland and started putting all these various skills and experiences I had 
both in IT and in the media, trying to put them to work for myself. And given the way things have worked out over the last year and a half, I feel like I was maybe a little bit ahead of the game, but now you know, trying to, to set up a world where I can work from my spare bedroom and, and work on these projects that I enjoy doing, like, like podcasts, like producing independent podcasts, or, you know, I've done websites for a, a company that makes fencing for cats to keep cats, you know, inside your yard. I've done you know, portfolio <laughs> sites for photographers and, it's good for my sort of, as you might have, could, might be able to tell from my life story, I sort of have a short attention span for tasks. So it's good for me to have a work day that involves nine different things. And, you know, I'm doing a little bit of freelance writing on the side and sort of whatever I can, I can gather to keep it so I can, you know, work from anywhere. And that's, that's the eventual goal. So. Oh, that's incredible. You have a lot of, you're kind of rewriting the narrative a little bit too, going back to school late. It just shows that there's no specific set timeline for anybody. Just follow what you want to do. And it's obviously brought you a lot of success. Um, I want to go back to what you said about the, the Idaho radio station. How is running that in comparison to um, doing a bunch of different projects that you're doing now? Were they comparable or was it kind of just one phase of your life that you enjoyed and then moved on to the next? Uh, well, it was TV actually in Idaho and oh, the, okay. the, 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 the complexity of what I had to do there, it, it helped me sort of, cause it was, you know, there were, we had four full-time employees. Everyone else was a contractor or a temporary remote employee. So there were four of us basically keeping that office and keeping that station going. So, you know, I did everything from, you know, maintaining the satellite dishes to shoveling snow. So I think having to juggle all those things on that big scale made this much less, less intimidating to me to, to be able to manage, you know, this amount of work in, in this space is much easier than managing that many people in that space. And all, you know, again, we brought in all these, had all these temporary workers and contractors, and that was a job, you know, in itself. And then there was a, whole nother task in keeping the station alive and just you know the the pride i took too in building basically a station that had no value when my boss bought it to build it up in a year and a half to where he almost was able to retire and gave me a nice little bonus when he sold it and then you know worked for the new owner for a little while a little while and got them adjusted and then you know i, I was able to take all those sort of challenges and skills and experiences and and apply them towards my own work and you sort of have to and and mark you're your own boss too so i'm sure you know this too when you are your own boss everything is your responsibility from making sure you have enough pens to paying your taxes to satisfying every client you have and it can be a little broadly overwhelming at times so i'm glad i had that experience i don't think i'd be as comfortable doing this without having had done that for three years Oh, wow. It's like boot camp. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody just like boot camp, though. <laughs> so, um, after leaving Idaho, you were, you felt inspired to go to Portland or you'd been to Portland before you had family there or what brought you over there? Um, I had friends here. I didn't have any family here. Um, I had lived in Northern California previously for a few years and really, 
and always liked the West Coast and sort of had my eye on moving back out here when I went back to school and I actually almost came out to Oregon to grad school. And I think if I had done that, it just would have brought me out here a little quicker. But I had a few friends here and, you know, it's it's funny because I got here and had a great year and then all of a sudden everything, you know, for most of the time I've been here, everything's been pretty well locked down. So I feel like I haven't experienced as much of Portland as I would have ordinarily, obviously. And now that I'm getting myself set up for fully remote living, I might try and move outside the city, which seems like the only way to save any money these days because everywhere is getting very expensive. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Had anything to say? Joe, Joe I, I did want to um, make sure we that you were able to talk a little bit about uh, the business you're doing now, and then you have a podcast as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. So, um, well, my business is uh, Wild West Multimedia. You can go to wildwestmultimedia.com and check out some of my work and see, see the kind of things I do there. Um, the The radio show is something that I do with. Uh, Two, two, they're both actually elementary school teachers. One teaches second grade, one teaches phys ed uh, back in Massachusetts. And Daryl, the one host, and I did a show when I was at UMass, actually, when I had gone back to school, we did a sports talk show together. So uh, I guess it was about a year and a half ago, he, he called me and said, hey, we're, the COVID knocked out all the sports, so we have nothing to talk about. Do you want to come on the show? Knowing as you have observed over the last 15 minutes that I have no trouble just talking forever. So he knew I could fill time. So, so they brought me on and I thought it was just on coming on once because they record at um, nine o'clock Eastern time, which for me is six in the morning. So I dragged myself out of bed at five o'clock this one Saturday morning. So, okay, I'll do this. And then thought that was it. The next Saturday, I woke up normal time and I had a Zoom invitation in my email box. I said, was I supposed to come on? Well, if you want to come on, come on. So sort of, you know, and then since then, I've done the show, whatever, 75 Saturdays in a row. And it slowly evolved from, I guess, what was a sports talk show before I got there to a COVID policy, education, politics, sports-ish. You know, we don't spend a whole lot of time talking about who won what game and who's, you know, was Michael Jordan or LeBron James the better player. We talk about, um, you know, how how sports and culture interact. We've had a lot of really interesting guests on. We had um, a woman who played, who was a, a part of the national, cha- her name's Emily Neiman. She was part of the national championship basketball team at Baylor in 2005 and was was in the closet as a as a lesbian and could felt like she couldn't you know baylor has a really restrictive anti-gay policy it was actually part of their stated student code and just to talk to have her talk so openly about her experience there and what that was like and the way her friends on that team and in the university have reacted positively to her you know coming out since it was a really cool story we had um I don't know if you're familiar with Julie DeCaro. She's a sports writer in Chicago. And a few years ago, she and Sarah Spain went on ESPN and read some of the tweets that men had sent them. Yes, yes, yeah. I remember that. She she wrote a book last year, um, fantastic book, check it out. And she was, again, gracious, came on our show for the whole hour and just the story she has about just... I, 
sports writing isn't an easy thing. It's it seems like it might be, and it's fun at times, but it's a, it's a slog sometimes. But it is a million times harder on women. I think, like in any other male dominated industry, it's it, it just the things that they have to go through are horrible. It's just atrocious. If you haven't seen this video, Google um, Sarah Spain, Julie DeCaro mean tweets, and then uh, check out our show. It's called the Sports Plus Show. You can again go to the sportsplusshow.com or we can be found anywhere, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all that. Uh, check out our, I think it's um, episode 29. It was a couple of months ago. But it's funny, you two were mentioning how you had never actually, you've never actually met in real life. Our third host, Matt, is a, another teacher, a friend of Daryl's, and they've been doing the show for a couple of years. And we've been doing this remotely you know, for a year until I finally went back last summer. Uh, my dad died last summer. So I went back East and took some of my time to go up to Massachusetts and do one show in the studio. And it actually happened to be the show that we had Julie on. So you'll hear all that happen at the same time. But. Awesome. Sorry, sorry for the loss of, of your father too. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, he had Parkinson's and, you know, 82 and a sort of a long fulfilling life he was an educator you know like we were, we were discussing earlier he was a school superintendent and a teacher for a long time and we've he was a football coach also and so we had i mean there were 300 400 people at his funeral and to have the number of people that have come up to me since then and this was in may and to tell me that you know i wouldn't have my career if it wasn't for your father i wouldn't have met my wife and just like to hear all those stories definitely you know softens the blow of a loss like that yeah, I, I can't. I can't imagine how uh, honored you must have felt to, to hear all that. I do. Um, well, I know your time is precious and everything, uh, but we're going to be getting ready to move on to our final uh, topic. Uh, I've, obviously, you're welcome to stick around for the last few minutes. Uh, sure. We appreciate you coming on and the work that you've done. I've actually listened to some of the editing that he's done on a, a podcast audio. Uh, podcast, so I recommend him highly with the work that uh, I've experienced that he has given me as a sample. Um, with that, I know that Madison wants to talk about Astro World. Oh yes, yes. Just a quick little quip before that. I think it's incredible how we can um, all connect remotely. Um, through our computers. This is great. Being able to connect with you both today has been really inspiring and hearing your story, Joe, is awesome. Just all the work you've been through and where it's taken you all around the world and and who you've met from there. I think this um, started off as a really kind of, we weren't sure what, what the world would look like with remote working, um, but to be able to connect with you today has been amazing. This is awesome. Yeah. So thank you cool. truly for coming on the show today. Yeah, Absolutely. thank yeah, thank you. I re, I agree. It's been very cool, and it's I I really appreciate the chance to come on and talk about what I do. I have a lot of fun doing it. So, yay! Absolutely. Yeah. On a less light note, um, yes, Astro World. <laughs> um, unfortunately, there were eight casualties at the Astro World show in Houston. Um, there was a situation with not knowing how to do the crowd control, and there was an overbooking what it looked like and a lot of inexperience um, and neglect going toward uh, the festival itself. I think Live World was 
one of the coordinators for the show. So if you're going to concerts, just make sure you're in a safe environment and um, you know the companies and the people that are working for the event being thrown. Um, and just keep an eye out, be alert, um, know your surroundings, don't put yourself in a questionable situation, especially as young kids. I know a lot, I think the youngest person that died was nine years old. Um, so if you're a teenager going to these shows, you know, just really be on the lookout. If you have children that are going to these shows, um, just take it easy. And I think we could have avoided a lot of these situations without um, trying to incite riots and create this sort of false presence of energy and hype. Um, I think if you just let, let that stuff go and kind of just go to enjoy the music and enjoy what you enjoy, um, we could have avoided a lot of these, these situations. So that was sort of a devastation that happened this month. Um, Astroworld, Travis Scott um, concert in Texas. So I totally agree. You know, it's, it's, I, you know, I haven't been to, uh, well, I, actually, I, I just went to a concert, I think a month ago, it was Buddy Guy, a, a blues man, and he was like 80 years old, and to see him on stage, moving, singing, uh, playing the guitar over his head, behind his back. It was just a, amazing to see somebody that age be able to, stood the whole time. I mean, it was just like, wow, like has he found some kind of fountain of, of youth to be able to, to do that? Obviously the crowd that went to that particular concert is different than people that are really young and listening to some of the newer people, but I, I do think that sometimes we really have to kind of sit back and enjoy the moment and not let the moment, you know, take over us in our, in our actions. And I'm not casting fault. I, mean, I don't know the details about the, you know, who's at fault, not at fault, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Cause I just heard that there was this, you know, trampling of people and people dying and drugs and all that kind of stuff. So uh, hopefully it gets sorted out and people, if there was neglect or someone was responsible or intentionally, you know, did something wrong that they, they're held accountable for whatever they did, but I don't have enough information to make a decision on who is responsible, who's not responsible. Um, but I do know that it's, it's, just, it's sad when you go to a concert, you're supposed to have a good time. And then, you know, your life is interrupted, you know, by something tragic like that happening. Uh, definitely. Uh, finally, I do want to say that we are on circlecitynews.org, that there is a video of this podcast and the actual audio podcast. You can find kind of like what Joe said, like on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and those other podcast stations is where the audio is. But if you want to see the video, circlecitynews.org, or you can go to YouTube and just type in a search word, Martin Nicholson podcast. I tried it last night in the very first podcast that came up come up there are Madeline and I so those are the two places or yeah, two places you can go to see the video we will be back next week next week I think will be our last week before the Thanksgiving holiday and we won't be here for that but thank you everyone for joining and thank you for our very first and special guest Joe we really appreciate it and make sure you visit his website what is it again Joe WildWestMultimedia.com. Yeah, thank you both for having me. It's been a great pleasure. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you guys both so much. Bye.